come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it too. Come on. Yeah, that's well, the, not the well, like original, like a movie that was made by Neil Diamond in like 1980. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but and he does do blackface in it. Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's like like apparently you could write a thesis on like how to do race wrong, like based on like blackface, like horrible portrayals of like of Jewish, Jewish people. people. Like and, it's yeah. yeah, it's borderline like everything. Wow. That, about like what, what's insane is that Lawrence Olivier is in this movie. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. With yes. with Neil Diamond, his first and last starring role in a movie. <laughs> God. Neil Diamond is an enigma to me. Like I just don't I don't get it. I just I, don't get it. And it's and it's huge. <laughs> It, this is one of those how did this get made where I'm like yeah I think we can skip that one skip <laughs> I think we'll skip it alright well uh, are we ready guys yeah alright hey uh, welcome to yet another episode of I want you to watch this I'm your host as always Dennis and I'm June June, June. you're June oh I would be so delightful if we were June if you're June never gonna happen never uh, we are not worthy um, but I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts Colin and Craig how are you both good good I'm well Dennis good um, well uh, we are wrapping up our Taika Watiti director's block um, this week um, and sad to see him go because I enjoyed all these movies so fucking much um, yeah. I'm so glad we picked it because I now have like a new favorite fucking director this guy's amazing I yeah. love him he's outstanding um, I, every one of these movies yeah it's yeah. great I, uh, I watched this movie this morning uh, This movie, the movie is uh, called Boy came out in uh, 2010 it's written and directed by Taika Waititi um, and uh, as we talked about the last episode Colin brought up that it is the highest grossing film in New Zealand film history right yeah well within New Zealand like the, right. the I, I, that's at least what it said okay it. so and we're going by it because yep. the internet never lies <laughs> um, <laughs> well uh, this is my selection so I will uh, kick it off by describing it um, the year is 1984 Al, Al you're gonna have to let me know this is it Almain Alamein his name uh, yeah, the Alame. Alame. Yeah. Uh, Alame, known as Boy, is an 11-year-old boy living in Wa- Waihau Bay in the Bay of Plenty region in New Zealand. On a small farm with his grandmother, a younger brother Rick, Rocky, and several cousins. Boy spends his time dreaming of Michael Jackson, hanging out with his friends Dallas and Destiny, or Di- Dynasty, uh, trying to impress Chardonnay, a girl at his school, talking to his pet goat, and making up wild stories about his estranged father, Alame. Uh, Rocky, meanwhile, is a quiet, odd child who believes he has dangerous superpowers because his mother died while giving birth to him. One day, Boy and Rocky's grandmother leaves for a funeral in Wellington, leaving Boy in charge of the house and taking care of the other children. Boy is then surprised to see his father and two other men arrive at the farm. Boy is overjoyed to see Alame return. 
thinking it, that he has come to take the boy boys away to live with him. But Rocky is uncertain about their father's sudden reappearance. It seems at first that Elame has finally come back to be with his, to be in his son's lives, but it's soon revealed that he's actually there to find a bag of money that he had buried in the farm before being arrested by the police. Uh, with his patch, with his patch gang, the Crazy Horses, which is just him and his two friends, Alame begins digging up the fields, searching for the money. Boy sees this and offers help, thinking Alame is digging for treasure. And Alame soon decides to hang out with Boy to be a, to be a father. He cuts his son's hair to look like Michael Jackson, and the two go on a, go on drives in Alame's car to get revenge on Boy's school bullies. Boy brings Alame marijuana to sell from a crop grown by Dallas and Dynasty's father. A member of the local gang, um, Alamein, uncomfortable with being called dad, convinces Boy to call him Shog- to call him Shogun instead. Uh, Boy begins to see himself as an adult and and a and a crazy horse, growing distant from his friends. However, Alamein, unable to find the money, becomes frustrated and drives off, leaving Boy behind. Boy continues to dig for the money alone until he finally discovers it. Excited, Boy hides the money bag in his goat's pen, then takes his father's crazy horse's jacket and proudly treats his friends to ice blocks and lollies. When Alamein drives up, uh, Boy tells he was about to tell him that he found the money, but Alamein hits the boy for stealing his jacket and angrily questions him about where he found the money to buy the blocks, leaving the boy leaving Boy humiliated. Alamein later apologizes, telling his son for the first time that he loves him. And Boy goes goes to retrieve the money bag, only to find that it was eaten by his goat. Alamein and Rocky retu- continue to dig for the hidden money, making Boy uneasy. Uh, Boy continues. Boy decides to make uh, decides to make up for losing the money by leading Alamein to the marijuana crop owned by Dallas and Dynasty's father. And Alamein gathers the entire crop. The group are spotted running away by Dynasty, who stares at Boy, betrayed. Later, Alamein takes his gang out to celebrate. Whilst waiting in the car with Boy, Rocky tells his brother that he likes their father and wants to know the, know him better. Another car drives up and the local gang gets out. Dynasty is, uh, Boy sees Dynasty sitting in the front seat with the black eye. The gang approaches Alamein and the crazy horses, confronting them over stealing their marijuana. At first, Boy imagines his dad successfully fighting off the gang in Michael Jackson's dance sequence, but reality comes back to him, and he sees the gang beat Alamein. While driving home, Alamein accidentally hits and kills Boy's goat. The next day, Alamein is abandoned by his men, who steal the marijuana and the car. Boy visits his mother's grave, drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana, and finally comes to terms with the fact that uh, all of his happy early memories of his father are make-believe, and Alamein was in fact not there when Rocky was born. Meanwhile, Alamein sits in the barn, depressed that he has been unable to find his money. Rocky comes up to him and attempts to confront him with all of his powers, telling Alamein that he is sorry he killed his mother by being born. Just then, Boyd comes in and scatters the shredded money at Alamein's feet then begins hitting his father, screaming to know why he wasn't there when Boy and Rocky's mother died. Uh, Boy tells Alamein that that they are nothing alike, then returns to the house to take care of his cousins. The next morning, Boy and Rocky's mother returns home, and Alamein is gone. Boy tells Rocky that Alamein has gone to Japan to train as a samurai. He reconnects with his friends and apologizes to Dynasty, then goes with Rocky to visit their mother's grave. The two boys find Alamein sitting there. Quietly, they join him before Rocky asks, How was Japan? 
and then I started crying. Yeah, I love the ending. That he's just there, and then but Rocky's just how was Japan? And we have this lo- like perfectly timed, you know, fade. Like <laughs> just hold on that before it cuts right. to black and credits. It was beautiful. Oh, it was. Just, it's just gorgeous. Like, uh, I, 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 I love how Taika took one of the leads in this movie, um, and I'm really glad that I picked it to show that. But like, he's not he. He doesn't just have to be a side character. Like he could, he's actually a really fucking good. He actor. can actually like, yeah. carry the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he can carry yeah. the movie. And uh, it, that's not to say that the main character boy isn't bad or anything. It's just oh, the he's terrific. Them, they're amazing. Well, so uh, a little trivia. Uh, oh, I is... think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> uh, so they like most of this movie was filmed with another uh, actor as boy. Really? And then there was uh, there was like issues, and so three weeks. Uh, before the movie was actually finished, the character that plays boy in this movie was actually just taken. He was an extra and like actually just became the lead of this movie oh, shit. after yeah. the original person who was supposed to be he was, playing he was boy. just hanging out on set and the kid who was playing boy didn't work out. So they replaced. Him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So like for just like coming from an extra to having the lead role in this movie, like fantastic job yeah, really good job um this really reminds me of uh moonlight in that it's like a, yeah a, a boy who like alame is like a horrible example for this child but because he's like really the only like person there for boy right he kind of like starts to take after him even though he's like setting a horrible example yeah it definitely reminds me of like chiron and juan and how yeah like he he very much like looks up to this person even though like it's, it's a, not a good a, idea yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> poor example to look up to right and, and similar to moonlight like Alame is like a real piece of shit, but they don't go to make him like utterly reprehensible. They still make you like him in a certain way, yeah. and they still like cling on to like a certain humanity with him. So it's like you still like him even though he's a real piece of crap. You well, know? And, and, and 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 that's what like why this movie I feel like just it it does so well with like without having to waste a whole bunch of time on like backstory and everything that you know this character Alame, you know that like. You know, he's never grown up. He's always been this, like, juvenile type of, you know, low life that, yeah. like, always looks for, you know, some easy way to get money. And, you know, inevitably the law catches up with him and he's always in trouble and shit, you know. And people are, and he always has to rely on the kindness of people. But he also has this grandiose vision of himself. Right, yeah. Uh, like, I love the things when he's trying to be, like, badass or cool and is just awkwardly failing. Like, he's trying to, like, get in through the window of the car. Right. And he's he <laughs> awkward and he, like, hits the horn, like, three times. And or, then... or when he goes to beat up uh, his boy's bullies. And yeah, he exactly. down from he's the tree. He like, <laughs> can't get out of the harness. And then he's, like, stabbing the, um, the machete, machete into the tree trying to be all badass but it doesn't like set into the tree so he has to do it three times (laughs) no it's 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 great and um and then like all the cool cuts of like what how like boy views him you know exactly it's like uh you you totally get it you know because like this kid is just so desperately looking for a role model uh you know and and just hates all this responsibility that's been dumped on him and like uh, oh god it's just so heartbreaking you know like uh that poor grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, uh, again, just like 
we've seen like a few films where it's kind of like kids have to take on these roles as adults right. and you know be more adult than they like are grow up faster than yeah, they should and that's usually like you know in situations of like poverty and, oh, yeah, and yeah. things like that where it's like you know the parents have to like go out and work and especially when you're like in a single parent household uh, or in this case you know like the grandmother is taking care of them and she has to go and do something and so like somehow this 11 year old boy has now been put in charge of like his of all the other kids in this house because he's the oldest but he's still only 11 years old right uh and uh it's definitely got a lot of that like you know like this is the perfect time period for this movie to take place as far as like being in the 80s yeah that was definitely like you know especially like you know we see a lot of that from the american perspective of you know just kids running around everywhere like you know like stranger things is a perfect example right. of like these kids who just have all of this like agency and like freedom to kind of like do what they want uh you know and it's just yeah it's just a really interesting look at that life from a completely different country's perspective like in terms of the, the people that are in this movie right yeah and i would agree and i think one of the things i liked most about this movie is it's such a cultural piece of New Zealand. Yes. And, like, more specifically about, like, Maori culture. Because it's, like, like all these people, it seems like this real view into that. Um, like all these characters are Maori, or at least part partially Maori, except for, like, one of Alame's friends. And um, this movie is, like, my brother was telling me about Hunt for the Wilder People saying, like, it's really good, but it's really New Zealandy. And I was like, if you think that movie is New Zealandy, <laughs> wait until you watch Boy. Like, I had to turn on the captions just to get through some of those accents <laughs> oh, yeah. like to oh, know yeah. what they were saying right but it's it's such a great like examination of the culture i found it fascinating yep like, yeah no it uh it, it nails the whole just i love how like uh how nice and jovial you know people are when it's like heavy shit you know like like he just came out of jail you know and like he's meeting his son for the first time and he's just like oh How's it going? Like, yeah. then, do you want some tea? And they're like, yeah, tea yeah. would be nice. And then they're, and like, they're all the sitting there in the car drinking the tea. Do you want to come in? It's like, yeah. It's about time for that. <laughs> I love to, like, when they're, like, uh, when they're, like, sitting in the room and uh, Alame is, like, talking with Boy and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this used to be my room. I'm like, well, you can use it. I'll sleep on the yeah. couch. Like, <laughs> like, I'll sleep in the garage yeah. with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, walks up and he, like, Pulls up, like pulls over this like little picture and there's like a little swastika and he just like turns to him he's like don't get into the Nazi shit like it's just like so... he's like I did that yeah. don't get into the Nazi shit yeah. <laughs> uh, I also love uh, Gracie in this movie she's kind of like the like the woman like who like runs the shop but also like oh, runs yeah, the oh, school yeah. bus and like and runs the, the, mo the postal service and, and at one point she tells boy to get a job and he says there aren't any you took all of them <laughs> <laughs> and she's also Paula in the last movie that we watched uh, Hunt for the Wilder People oh really yeah she's the social worker in, Not, in oh, that really? movie oh wow yeah. um, let me see uh, Rachel House yeah. and I, I would love for her to become like Taika Waititi's like Helena Bonham Carter right. and just like have like like, roles in like every one of his movies oh yeah because she's amazing she's i love great. her yeah, she was she was awesome and like uh she fights out the lma like when he was like beating up boy and he's like yeah. what are you doing like get out of here like he's fine <laughs> um like this movie i feel like you know we were talking in the last one about how taika is kind of like like new zealand's kind of like wes anderson type you know right. film mm -hmm. like director and 
I feel like this one had like some Coen brothers in it too. Like in terms of like the way that this movie ends and like kind of like throughout the movie, there's kind of is like that sense of like nihilism of like oh, at the end of the movie so. it's like at yeah, the end of the movie I got movie, a bit of Cohen's from the end of it yeah, no, like, yeah, but like, throughout you know like cause he's like talking about you know like this like treasure and like moving to the city and everything and you as an audience member you fucking know that's never gonna happen yeah you know? that's true and like, like constantly has, like, this like dream that's never gonna happen you're just gonna you know it's gonna get crushed you know? I, I guess it has like kind of the cynicism of a Coen Brothers movie but it's, it's so steeped in kind of Wes Anderson aesthetics like particularly the part where Alame has the sparklers and he's yes. like drawing in the air with right. the sparklers yeah. and so it's like that is so cool and, and that's such a world such a Wes Anderson <laughs> yeah. thing but then yeah I guess I agree I didn't think of it that like while I was watching it, but I guess it is kind of steeped in some Cohen esque like nihilism and cynicism. You know what it is? It's solidly Taika Waititi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's He's, definitely his own thing. Yeah, like it's, I mean, we can describe it by other directors that are more you know that have been around longer and more famous and everything. But um, well, I mean that's the thing. You know, it's you know no, there's no such thing as original art. You know, right. it's all you know takes from other things. Yeah, everything and, has to be compared to other things, and everything's derivative. So yeah, this and is, it's, this but it's all through his own lens, right? This, so. But this isn't like aped in like a way that like is like like it's totally his own. I feel. Oh yeah, you like know? you know, it definitely is. Like, but you know, there's. There's no escaping, you know, influences oh, yeah. as yeah, a yeah. film director. You know, the Khan brothers have their influences, you know, going back. Wes Anderson has in his influences going back, and those directors have their influences too. Right. Uh, and so it's, you know, um, yeah, very, very centered and very clearly his own style and very much his own thing. But there are still, you know, some of that uh, things that you can look back on and say, oh, yeah, that's that, that reminds me of something else. Yeah. Um, I love the little um, crayon cartoons. Oh yeah, yes. I love through the movie, like usually like exploring um, Rocky's powers. It's through, yeah, it's usually yes. through, yeah. Whenever it's, his perspective is brought up, it's like there's always something like an image of like a cartoon. Like the first one is in the opening VO where uh, Boy is talking about his brother and says, "My brother thinks he has powers. He doesn't." They, uh, we see like them kind of get like honked at by a bus and then. Rocky like shakes his arm at it and then we see a cartoon like a crayon on like lined you know school paper of the bus like catching on fire and like going off a cliff yeah um <laughs> yeah they that happens in this movie uh like a really good degree in terms of like whenever it's uh Rocky's perspective we get that cartoon yeah whenever it's uh boy's perspective on like an event that's happening it usually cuts to some sort of like Michael Jackson right. music yeah video. exactly like, like the... and, and so it does a really good job of uh of providing like characters perspective in in a really cool cinema cinema in a, cinematic yeah, in, a, in a stylized way <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you get to see different perspectives and in, in, in so well done <laughs> i loved rocky i loved um his interactions with the crazy man on the beach yes yeah. like, and i love how the crazy man on the beach like is never given a name or anything no. he saves boy's life at one point and we, right we still just he's just this odd character who's right. just there he's i also so friendly and just there <laughs> i also love uh the spoon which is a recurring thing in this movie oh yeah so it's like it starts with uh the first time it's brought up is when Boy is talking about how his dad escaped, escaped from, jail from jail with a spoon. And then uh, later on in the movie, the spoon shows up 
as the igni- as the key in the ignition of Alame's car. Oh uh, yeah. And then later on, it shows up again when they're screwing back. When they're on putting the, the doorknobs, door and he's like screwing it on with the spoon. With spoon. <laughs> <laughs> when he's trying to melt the doorknobs in the microwave, I lost my mind. That oh, was that was so funny. funny. <laughs> like trying to make back the money that this goat ate. It was only like nine hundred dollars. Well, I also like saw i was like so nervous when he put that money like underneath the car seat oh, yeah, in the I goat pen i was I... like oh that goat's gonna eat the money <laughs> goat always eats money it was sad when the goat died yeah yeah i thought that was really sad but it was a really good like motivating factor for boy to like kind of see his dad for who he right. really was like yeah. his it had been coming in like spurts and stuff he's like getting more and more of it but we it was a good like straw to break that camel's back right yeah that's the goat um and then you know he talked to him the and wilder people about those those lines that are like soul crushing and one of those was yeah when he says you know don't call me dad oh and that was just like and he totally was just like bright like kind of like oh yeah like this cool thing like for him but then like from boy's perspective it was just like but you are my dad. Right. Like, it, and, like, and he's trying to brush it off to me like, oh, we're more like brothers and best friends, you and me, than like father and son. So, yeah. So why don't you call me Shogun? <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> I meant the same thing. I wrote down, he wants to be called Shogun. And I was like, who's the master? Yeah. Who's the Shogun? Oh, he's not Show nearly enough. cool enough. He's not, he's not nearly, nearly cool, cool enough, enough to be Show enough. No, I mean, no. No, there's no way. He can try and try, but he won't. Um, I just love like how like pathetic Alame is in in like throughout the movie, you know. And as an audience member, you totally see it, you know. Like when he like desperately throws that party to like make friends and everything, you know. And he invites like the bullies of his kid, even you know. And, yeah. But then he's also like getting into a fight with like his friends at that party, right? Yeah, like, and um, he's just you know such a jerk and everything. And then but like through you also see like why his son like white boy thinks he's just the awesomest you know and like how cool he is you know he's the leader of a gang you know like they have like they have patches and stuff they're the crazy (laughs) persons you know and like his hair is cool and he's got a cool car you know and and like i i just love how it's so heartbreaking how well that was done that it shows these two perspectives where like you know, as the omnipotent observer, being the audience member of really what's going on and everything, and it's just you're waiting for how this is going to pan out, you know, and how how is the story going to end? And uh, I guess that's where you know I also get like the feeling that it is you know a nihilistic Coen Brothers movie because it's just you know like it's like you, you just see him like it's just like God like what a it's well, yeah, not I mean, going to end well. Well, yeah, because I mean in that last shot, there's not really like like this huge like moment of reconciliation or you know there's not right. like the oh i'm so sorry i've been yeah. gone for so long like, no, i'm now i'm here to be now i'm here to be a sense we're gonna go on like we have been but like i'm here now but i mean it, like nothing has changed in our relationship yeah and yeah it's it's a real great ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was, it's one of the best endings for sure also like when he's like talking to uh when he like shows up after like running away and he like knocks on the window and you know talk and like explains to boy like you know like you know like sometimes I just like you know get angry and you know this and that and he's like you know I'm kind of like the Hulk you know like 
can you like manage having the Hulk as a dad? And and then he just like runs off again. Like, yeah. But then it's revealed like after this like cool emotional moment, it's revealed that he's just on top of his friend's shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, did you get what you get? Okay, well, let me down. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, also like after like hearing like that and like him explaining himself as the Hulk and then like him, like Taika Waititi getting to do like Thor Ragnarok which is kind of like this Hulk Thor buddy movie. Oh yeah, right? I, was just like, That's I didn't so even awesome. think about the connection that he did Thor Ragnarok, which is like halfway a Hulk movie. Yeah. It's like you know, like Thor goes to Planet Hulk, and we get. Yeah, I was I was totally alone. I was like, I could see if Taika decided that he wanted to do like a Hulk standalone movie. That's the one time where I could now see? be like, okay, I think we're ready. Yeah, I, if I, that is the only way I will accept it is if Taika Waititi does a standalone Hulk movie. That'd be dope. I'd be yeah. down for that. I never thought about that until just now. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I just I loved like all of the Michael Jackson appreciation throughout this movie. Oh yeah, like it was just all of the cut the cutaways like when it's like. Uh, they go through what they do thriller, they do bad, yep. they do uh, I think um, Billy Jean at one point, uh, is one of the cutaways where he's like in the white suit. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, like, yeah, they have so many like of those moments, and like, like oh. Taika is just like one of those, like, I, he's just like an uber nerd, like, right. he's he. He does everything. Like <laughs> he's just like into everything. He like does everything, and it like shows in his movies like how broad his like sense of appreciation is for like so much. Like yeah, so I, many I was different he's cultures. Like a, like, he's like a fashion designer. Like yeah, he, yeah, he does like yeah, fashion design, photography. Like he he's just like he's a renaissance man. Yep. And hell, what did you think of his dance moves? <laughs> oh, oh, the end. Like so, like that last thing was like. Uh, it was like thriller, but it was like a Maori. It was dance. like a Maori, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And it was just like so fantastic. <laughs> no, it was, it was, that was awesome. It was just the coolest. But also, in like when the boy is talking about like his things, of like how great his dad was, and he was a war hero. It was like he killed these soldiers, and then he scared off the other ones with his uh, Maori dance. Like, <laughs> I love his West Side Story imagination of like the tethered knife fight. That like no, oh yeah, that, that was bad. That's is that yeah, bad, that, bad? yeah, oh, yeah. okay. I always just associate that from West Side Story. But I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Bad was also was like a West Side Story. Yeah, that like, Bad was referencing West Side yeah, Story. Exactly. And, this, exactly. and, and this is referencing Bad, but nonetheless, it's, pretty, it's a pretty great sequence in the movie. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 love, I love all those, uh, the, what's like magical realism, I guess, or, you know, artsy moments that yeah directors use yeah. uh and when it's done well it's just the best and just kind of like that whole like revelation at the end where like we see you know this uh perspective where boy is going back into his memories of you know like what happened like growing up like with his mother dying and the first time we see it we see like alame uh, like kind of like crying at the end of the bed yeah and then like we get to the end of the movie and like we kind of like replay all these m- these memories where he was seeing his dad there before and then now he's like realized that he was just making all of that up uh, and how throughout this movie it's all about you know kind of like the lies you know they were telling themselves like yeah. Ali May's lies about who he was and like how he like lied to his children about that and how like boy as a result you know, like, began, like, lying to himself and, like, lying about who his dad was to other people and how that all 
kind of like blends together like especially when you're a kid and like how uh unreliable memory can be yeah and i i feel like that was really done well by showing the that moment at the end where he realizes his dad was never there at all like throughout the entire time and god it was just so heartbreaking and so well done and i yep. uh I, yeah i was definitely crying by the end of this movie <laughs> <laughs> i also love the way he kind of establishes the the death of the mom like we Again, we see just a shot of basically her legs and like the blood on the sheets. Yep. And like the grandmother is holding the baby and we see like Alame like crying at her feet. But like we he doesn't have to show us anything more than that. It's just a shot like a little like peek through the doorway and it's this really impactful image. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just love the moments like at the at the grave and everything like where like it's just like the the overlying theme that I feel like that from this movie is that it's like the all of these the like Rocky and Boy and Elman like their connecting issue is that this woman has gone from their lives and like and because of that moment because of that event like it that that's where the, it it has uh you know uh, propelled to where their lives are now and like whenever they're like around this grave and everything it's like fuck like yeah if only this person was around like the if this whole situation would be completely different you know and and uh it that's why you know it just ended so well where it was just like like that's the this is the issue you yeah know? The, this is what this is about is that you know they're all so lost and like they stumbled into each other and you know i don't know i think um like taiko titi does a really good job of uh, of of showing that like within this movie and within the last one of like the strength of like women in terms of like how they like care for people and like keep people together like you know uh, Gracie is a good example of that in this movie to where she's yeah. there protecting boy and uh, Bella in Wilder People is kind of like the person who's like there and caring for everyone right and when she goes when she dies it all goes to shit yeah and when she it's, dies that's what propels the right. entire movie right. into action and it's and so this is very similar in that sense of like yeah the mother died and like that's kind of like how we've ended up where we're at now like we're we're it takes place you know further beyond like when that happens uh-huh. and kind of shows a little bit further down the line like like the effects of that and how that has created the situation where you know all of these you know i mean they're all boys pretty much you know oh yeah even alame like they're oh, all boys. oh Alame's Dude, is absolutely so. <laughs> <a child. laughs> like, yeah. and so it's yeah just about like how lost all these boys are like without like like these women to like guide them and right. like you know be there and right. how they have to come together and figure it out from there. Yeah, and uh, how important that figure is, especially as a child. You know, like yeah. uh, both of these movies. Um, uh, sorry, listener, that we're referencing the last movie that we did. We're recording these pretty much at the same time. Uh, so, but uh, anyways, like they, uh, this movie and Home for the Wilder People, like Wilder People. Wilder People. <laughs> I'm broken. Okay. <laughs> it's like- it's like that thing how Benedict Cumberbatch can't say penguin. <laughs> it's like... <sighs> or it's like Paul Shear with anything. Yes. <laughs> or it's like Paul Shear with anything. <laughs> or he's definitely going to mispronounce it. <laughs> Snake, Snake Pliskin. Snake Pilskin. Pilskin. <laughs> no, so... 
So both of these movies, I feel like, um, just nails what it feels like to be a kid and like how fucking stressful it is and like how you know how much you rely on you know the the realm of adulthood and and you know to just take care of the unknown and everything and when that doesn't pan out how fucking that much sucks you know like how yeah. fast you have to grow up and, and everything and, and, and deal that with was it. also kind of how this movie reminded me in times and to a much like less terrifying degree of uh city of god yeah, yeah. Was, like dealing a lot yeah. with like kids living in poverty and like having to like, right. make their way through the world and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so is egg uh, oh. an insult just in new zealand in general or is it like a maori thing i don't know good question yeah, but i yeah. love it i think but it's yeah, a great it's like, it's just an egg. like oh you're an egg <laughs> ah. <laughs> of course you do that because you're an egg <laughs> 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 uh i love all the crappy tattoos that he gets like oh yeah like oh, yeah. everyone has and like uh gets like the permanent marker like, and he gives like gives the, the like just marker tattoos to boy and like he has like on it, like one just says front it's on his chest right. and one just arm. says arm yeah <laughs> like and then it says i'm an egg on the back on his back <laughs> oh man yeah no that uh the movie definitely hit me in the feels yeah, but I'll conclude by saying that, um, uh, yeah, I freaking just highly recommend all these movies that we've done. All three of these movies are fantastic. And, yeah. uh, like, I can't, I, I love it because this is what I feel like this podcast is all about. It's just, like, digging, find some movies that mainstream, you know, American audience hasn't really known about and bring it, bring it to you. Bring it to yeah. you, the people. <laughs> bring it to you, the people. So, um... This movie has a 7.5 on IMDb and 87% Rotten Tomatoes and 85% Audience Tomatoes. And with a movie like this, where it's like, I really loved it and it has a pretty high tomato score, I like to go through and read some of the negative reviews and just see what some of these critics are thinking. Yeah. And um, general consensus that I, I disagree with, but I can understand how someone could feel that way, is that the movie, while it's like well shot and like everything, kind of lacks a narrative focus. Okay. And, like, I could see how someone feels that way. I personally disagree. Yeah. But my favorite one, <laughs> I just had to pull this out because it, it made me laugh out loud, was um, James Rolston. Uh, oh, sorry. That's, I was looking at the wrong note. That's the guy who plays boy. Um, David No of the Film Journal International said, New Zealand coming of age story has moments of beauty and warmth, but is ultimately too twee by half. <laughs> and I was like, "Is this guy seen a Wes Anderson movie?" I bet he hates like, Wes I bet this guy just absolutely despises he's, he's Wes Anderson. He's got done like railing against like Moonlight Kingdom or something. He's just like, oh, this one. Like, Moonrise Kingdom is one which where I'm like, okay, oh, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah, like it's I, overdone. Like that movie, I'm like I, I like the story of it. Is just it's too much twee. In that yeah, one. no, it <laughs> just yeah. too much. It's insane. God, how many times have we said twee in the last couple episodes? It's, here? it's one of Colin and I's favorite words. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, because I find it so onomatopoetic. Yes, I, I think it's like someone was like, "What's twee?" And like, well, it's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbearably cute. Is what it's defined as. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, before we officially end, there's just a few things that I, I got reminded of when you said that you were reading uh, crappy reviews. Crummy reviews. People that didn't like this movie. Yeah. The two gripes that I do have about this movie, they are minor. Um, and I get it. 
like I do I understand it, but I'm still gonna say it. <laughs> well, one I understand, the other one I just think is like, hey, uh, is the one that I I don't understand is uh, I just felt like his apology to Dynasty was very lazy, and like that played off very like. <laughs> Like, he yeah. got her beat up by her dad, you know, like, mm. stealing all the marijuana. Yeah, and, like, I'll, I'll buy that like, as, as a gripe. Here's that's, a sparkler. <laughs> We're all right. You that's, know. That, that's, pretty, that's a legit. And gripe. I'm sure, you know, more was said, and that's what that scene was alluding to and everything. I just felt like, I don't know, might have deserved a little bit more service, you know, yeah. as far as relationships to his friends. And then the other thing is... Um, uh, well, I love, I love, you know, this is about like, you know, the fam, like a family, like, uh, you know, story for Rocky and boy, but what about all of the cousins, like all of the other kid children that are living with that grandma? Like, where are their parents? You know, like he just says that there is cousins and everything, but there's like a near infant and then like, you know, a slightly older girl and like three other children. So there's like five other kids that are just like you know scenery pretty much yeah i don't know I, that might be yeah i don't know maybe i think maybe it's just kind of like grandma's just taking them all in she might even be, it might even be like kind of like a foster situation yeah like i'm not i'm just yeah i'm not sure 100 percent because uh yeah i just yeah that's never really explained all that well yeah other than like what they say that like one of them is like his actual like direct cousin right uh that we know for sure but the other kids it's kind of like yeah not really explained right who they are or like where they came from but you know for the focus of the story I, i'm okay with and it. that yeah and that's like a way i understand it it would just bog the heck out of this story yeah you know and uh while we were talking off mike like one of the things that we really really appreciate and it sounds like kind of like a backhanded compliment but i sincerely mean this one of the reasons why i love taika's movies is that they're they're an hour and a half like they're not super long they're yeah. tight they're concise they, he tells an amazing story he doesn't need two and a half hours yeah and uh and uh, i love it it's great it pays off well done hands yeah. down yeah. slam dunk touchdown well i think like going, technicality no down but <laughs> <laughs> going into like kind of the narrative thing you were talking about before like i feel like there's uh a few movies that we've seen that like I've heard the same criticisms of, like I've heard the same criticism set of Moonlight. Uh, I've heard the same criticism set of Children of Men, or, Ch- or City of City God. Of God. Sorry, yeah. um, and I think it has a lot more to do with you know what the intended purpose of the movie is. Right, like yeah. for those movies, like and this movie, it very much seems like it's more about. Uh, like having the audience experience the feelings and exactly. kind of like that emotion of experience as opposed to saying like here's a story with like a beginning middle and end and here's what happens like, like the heroes the it's, it's yeah. more yeah. about like the characters and these relationships and like the feeling than it is about like telling a cohesive narrative right. yeah and i think this movie does tell a cohesive narrative but it's not done in a structure that these people necessarily are looking for yeah. who give that criticism well right. and i feel like it's more true to life too like with that uh because again these three movies are very much uh you know almost uh well i mean children of god or city of god was like almost directly biographical moonlight is almost directly biographical as well uh, I could very much see this being like, you know, almost like a biographical experience in terms of like the movie, uh, even if it's not based on anyone's life specifically. Right. Uh, and so like, I feel like there's that element of that to where it's like 
like no it's not gonna have like this like tidy like clean like plot maneuvering right because it's it's very close to how life actually works yeah, you're you're like, watching this movie for the wrong reasons if yeah. you're reading that review like it's i mean like then look at your own life is your does your life lack a narrative focus of course it does <laughs> yeah. like we all do you know that's how it is and that's why these movies are great and that's why they're always they always tend to be my favorite you know like my favorite movie of all time is uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and that and it literally ends in a loop or what could be perceived as a loop yeah you know and uh there's it's just it's as nihilist as life is you know it's it's chaos be kind and um i just watched pat yes yeah, i guess someone's watching someone just watched annihilation yeah that stand-up special that made me cry yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah the, multiple times <laughs> yeah so good but you know it's applicable to these types of movies that we're talking about that like it, it's true you know like it's there's no hero's tale in real life you know there's no true revenge story there's so there's nuance it's just i mean tell that to emma thurman she's about to go off <laughs> it's, just, ah. uh, it's just a whole nother story <laughs> Not really. Not oh she yeah she's like she just posted like she initially posted they asked her about like the harvey weinstein stuff and she was like i have a tendency to say things that i later regret when i'm angry and <laughs> so i'm going to hold off right now but you could just like see the fury behind her eyes and then like yesterday uh on thanksgiving uh, actually she posted like like my story's coming like i'm i'm working on it but like i just need a little bit of time so shit. she might she might just go kill bill on the whole fucking <laughs> industry <laughs> she might get her revenge tale they, after all they all should <laughs> she just fucking kill them all uh, but yeah <laughs> back to this movie Anyways, um i feel like it kind of wraps up our review yeah yeah oh boy um Thank you for, um, I don't know. Thank well, you, thanks, all of you. Craig, for <laughs> yeah, thanks, suggesting we uh, do a Taika Waititi. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was excellent. Like, all three of these films were outstanding. Yes. Yeah, again, like, I was like, you know, I, I saw Thor, and uh, I knew that we didn't need to convince anyone to go see Thor. Mm. Um, but having seen uh, at least what we do in the shadows before and then kind of like reading some things you know i read like the new york times piece about taiko Atiti and uh just kind of like seeing some things about him i was like yeah this is someone that we need to take a closer look at yeah. because uh I, I there's definitely going to be so much more like in the yeah. future from him and i'm so excited yeah, for he's, all of he's it. definitely on my radar now him in the yeah no i'm i'm stoked i'm excited thank you um have we discussed what we're doing next? I have an idea. Just uh, something that oh, we can what, do. What were you thinking? Uh, well, um, a few weeks ago, it was brought to my attention when I was talking to you guys that you have neither of you have seen Brotherhood of the Wolf. No, I have not. Nope. You have not. I have not seen it. And I, I know it's a good movie because I saw it and I loved it. <laughs> it's totally out of season. It's referenced to nothing. It's going to be a standalone. There's no block involved. It's just going to be us doing Brotherhood of the Wolf because this is. I want you to watch this, guys. <laughs> okay, so we'll go for a standalone. Just a standalone. And um, then do we want to do, like, for the month of December, do we want to do, like, holiday movies? or? I was thinking uh, maybe. Um, I know those tire quickly as well, so I didn't know if we wanted to do a full block. Yeah. Um, maybe just pick, like, a, a good, you know, few to do. Oh, I think I know what I want to do. All right. And, then, and just really get behind <laughs> It's going to be a little unconventional, but. But, yeah. Uh, good. 
Well, I like, I like that. I think we can do movies that are like they don't have to necessarily be like Christmas or holiday movies, but they can be movies you love that like take place around that time or have like a tenuous connection yeah. to like the holiday season. Right. Yeah. It's a movie that I saw a, lo- a while ago and I loved it and I was talking with you about it. I won't say it quite yet. I would be a little bit surprised if we decide to go into it, but <laughs> I'm like, and I've been seeing some buzz around it, which I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea if people like. Like love this movie because I love this movie. <laughs> well, this will put us at like December sixth, so we could probably um, the day after my birthday. Yay! yay. <laughs> um, happy birthday, Craig! <laughs> yay. Uh, so we'll do. Let's do Brotherhood of the Wolf. Would put us a week after that. Um, so around the twelfth. All right, and then after that, Christmas movies. Well, we'd probably have room for like one right before it's actually Christmas, so I'd say we could probably do what one or two. Yeah, if this is the twelfth. Yeah. If that's the twelfth, we'd be looking at the nineteenth, and then the and then day it's after Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then maybe we could do a New Year's movie or something. Then we can do we can do an all encapsulating holiday. Block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to be we don't want to be exclusive to Christmas. No, 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 no. 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 Not everybody celebrates Christmas. Well, shit, I mean, I'm fucking... <laughs> I know there's two, two lifelong atheists in this room right here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, I, on the other hand, am outraged that Starbucks <laughs> will put Merry Christmas on their cups. This is America! We're supposed to... <laughs> you know what, Colin? I'll ship you off to Finland, goddammit. No, you will not send me to Finland. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, check uh, um, Brotherhood of the Wolf next week. All right. All right. I'm looking um, forward to it. Uh, so on to any kind of recommendations that we have or corrections that are meh. Fuck corrections. Submissions. We haven't had those for a very long time. So if you come up with one, bring it up. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to bring let's, it up anymore. Let's stop talking about it's it. Just, like, and just, I, whenever I mean, we're perfect, you guys. We're perfect. Let's just deal with that. We'll, we'll just have we to, don't have to, to correct or From now on, shit. the onus is on the person who has something to correct. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> as far as we know, we're perfect. Yeah. Uh, so recommendations. Uh, any recommendations that you have? Um, I'll start off. I do have one, uh, just because it's the season after um, it is now past Thanksgiving, and one of the cheesy things that I do actually love to do is drive around and look at Christmas tree lights and just house lights. You know, people put up, and uh, now's the time people are putting them up. Uh, so I recommend doing that. I think it's <laughs> great. I think it's awesome. I love it. I love driving around at night and checking out Christmas tree lights. Um, so that's my cheesy little recommendation for the season. Um, what do you got? <laughs> anyway, great. Uh, <laughs> Fine. I wish I'd do that. I, I don't care if I'm wholesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Dang it! I'm I'm coming up with a blank right now. Go, Colin, and I'll come back. We'll come back to me. I'm going to recommend a uh, brand new podcast. Um, it's Ooh. called Raised by TV. It has Lauren Lapkus and John Gabris. And if you are like of a certain age, if you grew up in the late 80s and like pretty much all through the 90s, this is going to be just a nostalgic romp for you. It's a lot of fun. Uh, two very funny people uh, recalling like uh, their favorite stuff from TV growing up like back in the same time that I grew up. Ooh. It's a podcast for millennials. <laughs> yeah. In other words, it's a podcast. 
Zing. <laughs> yeah. I forgot someone posted that. Oh, God. They said, uh, like, their, like, seven-year-old daughter, like, asked them what a podcast was. Uh, or, no, they asked their seven-year-old daughter if they knew what a podcast was. And they said, is it something where you, like, record yourself and no one listens to you? Yeah. And she's like, yep, she knows what a podcast is. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Um, let's see. Other than recommending watching the Black Panther trailer every day until February 16th, um, I will recommend, uh, oh, another podcast. Um, the worst idea of all time. Oh, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, you can kind of like listen to episodes as you want. Cause it's, it gets kind of rough. I, I <laughs> loved it for a while and then it bummed me out yeah hard i would say the first season is probably uh yeah i would say the first season is probably the best um and they do grown-ups too but they watch it once a week for a year that's just they, yeah. I, I, I was going insane listening yeah. to that like, yeah. <laughs> so i would say like listen to it for as much as you can and then maybe like switch around to other seasons because i think the second season is uh grown they watch up, sex, sex in the, in the city, city too, too. Right? yeah yeah uh and then they started a new one that they're like i think like 30 or 40 weeks into by now too I, I think later seasons might be better i haven't checked out later seasons but they have guests in later seasons uh, yeah. okay. but like in the first season when it's just the two of them slowly descending into madness yeah. like it, where I, I i like the way i enjoyed it was that i would like skip like two or three episodes and then check in and see where they are you yeah because it's like it definitely like rides this roller coaster where they're like sitting it's like this is lame what are we doing haha you know yeah. like first year and then after a while they're just angry yeah just oh yeah mad they're and just then so after, like... like after that it's like then they're just mad and they're just like <laughs> they're not even they're not even angry anymore they're just insane well yeah. i think before they're like they go through stages where like they're angry and then there's just portions where they're just miserable yeah. and, and then it like slowly the part where they've just gone insane yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's a it's a case study into the stages of grief for sure like, <laughs> it really is it really is but yeah, but, yeah i did great. enjoy it for a time yeah but but yeah as long as you're like taking it like in doses worst of idea of all time is pretty enjoyable yeah uh yeah, good recommendation. Um, so yeah, that uh, that wraps up that, um, and I think this, that wraps up this. <laughs> um, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at IWYTWT, as well as each and every one of us individually there. Uh, I am at The D-Bucks. I am at Catharticus. I am at Colin Munch. And you can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash IWYTWT, as well as most and all podcast listening apps like Stitcher, Overcast, um... What, what what else? Podbean. Yeah, I We're on the beans. We're on... Undercast, uh, Podnoodle. Podnoodle. Uh, I, what was one I was listening to? It was like Outcast, I think. Not the band. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, if you find us and you're listening to us and you see a little rate and review button, click it. Rate us. Review us. And then you'll hear us. Here's Say Your Name, that is... Mm. Click it. Yep. And uh, like I said last week, if you're an anarchist and don't want to conform to my request, use your anarchist voice and tell your anarchist friends about us and tell and spread the word of mouth that way. Uh, this is a do-it-yourself pro- project. We are not affiliated with anything, and it is tough to get a word out, and it's going to get a hell of a lot tougher because net neutrality is blown out. Um, to stop that from happening, contact your representatives and tell them to go fuck themselves and represent America. <laughs> 
Um, maybe not use such strong language. <laughs> but tell them to represent their constituents instead of internet service providers. Zing. Yep. Um, so, anyways, um, thank you for listening. Join us next week for um, our review of Brotherhood of the Wolf. I'm very oh. excited for that. A little out of the ordinary, especially given the holiday season. But fuck it. This is I want you to watch this, and I want you to watch that. Um, I'm going to play us out with a recommendation of a track from our friend at Mirror Fears. Her album that we were talking about all summer has come out. It is called Eaten, and this is the track Wow. So thank you, and enjoy. Bye. <laughs>